0: Rambles left, got winds Greg up right He's got power at the 10 to the floor. Yes! To the end zone. Touchdown and a dagger. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot.
1: Up. God for Giannis!
2: Hey there, Bucks fans. Welcome to the Bucks Trilogy Podcast 2020 NBA Draft episode. I'm your host, Scotty the Hottie with the body, here with my dudes, Trevor and Tyler. Yeah, you like that, Tyler? Uh, <laughs> we are recording this podcast exactly 24 hours before the NBA Draft is set to begin, so it is as fresh and as up to date as possible for everybody. But even with that being said, nobody knows what the fuck's going to happen in this year's draft. I've seen guys all over the board. Um, There's a solid chunk of decent players in this draft, but not too many that are like, Oh my God, I need that guy. He's got to be on our team and we'll be so much better next year. Yeah, especially not at 24. But along with that, nobody knows anything about the NBA, uh, anybody who knows anything about the NBA, let's say it that way, know that the Bucks are probably not going to keep their pick this year. They'll probably attach it to somebody to try to improve the roster, get a decent player. Um, and with uh, with Giannis entering the final year in his contract, he's made it clear that he wants to know the Bucks are committed and they're gonna make a a big move this off season, this very short off season, to chase that championship. But that ain't gonna be easy. So boys, I gotta ask
1: you how you doing tonight? Well the uh, the basically the NBA free agents and off season period like it's like one crazy ass week that's about to involve here. Obviously there's stuff that goes on after this week, but it has me completely stressed out when you factor in like so much could change or happen in Giannis's future could depend on what happens in this one week. So when you say it ain't going to be easy, you're a thousand percent correct. And it's very stressful.
0: <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing pretty good yet. Yeah. <sighs> You guys nailed it right on the head. This upcoming week is definitely going to be interesting. And it really, not only for, you know, the 2020-2021 season, but the future of this franchise, the way Giannis is talking, depends on, you know, this week and the the next few weeks coming up here because they definitely are going to have to make some moves if they want to keep him in Milwaukee.
2: Yeah, simply put, these, this offseason is going to be the the biggest offseason in at least my memory. Um, it's going to definitely decide what Giannis does. Um, we know that this team can win the way it is, but it's been uh, kind of glaringly obvious that they can't push it to that uh, final stage. So something's got to be done. Uh, we got our big three of Giannis, Chris, and Bledsoe, but uh, Bledsoe is not gonna cut it. And most people say that Chris is more set to be a three uh, instead of like a two. Um, so we should we should really look to find that second superstar. And there's there's a lot of names available this year going to be tough with the contracts we have and the players we have and I was telling Trevor this before we started recording it's kind of incredible to me how we had the best team in the league 2 years in a row we've got a lot of great role players i mean bud has showcased our bench a lot the last couple of years and yet we can't like trade any of these guys like all the rumors you hear and everything like Nobody wants Bledsoe, who is first team All NBA defense and second team All Defense, and nobody like all our role players apparently aren't worth anything, which is weird to me, but so it goes. But speaking of those role players, um, today the big news so far for the Bucks was Robin Lopez and Wesley Matthews declined their player options. Uh, what do you guys think about those two leave-in?
1: I think it's kind of a no-brainer for Wes. I mean, his option was for $2.7 million this year, and he definitely deserves a lot more than that. I mean, the guy played his butt off for the Bucks this season. He was a great defender. I always got tasked with the tough assignments like the James Hardens and the Jimmy Butlers and whatnot, and, and plus he shot really well. So – I'm not surprised that he declined that. Do I hope he comes back to the Bucks? Yeah, absolutely. Do I know if it's going to happen or not? That's My confidence level in that is, is very weary. Um, and as for Robin, I might be a little bit more confident he resigns, but is he really going to come back at a cheaper price tag, or, or what's that going to look like? So that's kind of where I'm sitting with these two right now.
0: Yeah, the, the Robin, you know, not – coming back is is kind of weird for 5 million. You know, I don't know who's going to pay him more than that. I don't know if he really is trying to make this team better by taking less money. I, as a full player option, I'm not really sure why it was declined. You know, maybe if it was a mutual option and the team didn't want that money, I would understand it. But as a player option, I'm not really understanding because you look back at his career you know, 2015 he got a contract worth 12.6. Um, then he had a 4-year contract after that from 2015 to 2018 worth 13.5. Like I am just not really sure why he thinks he can get more than what he's getting because he kind of came off a cliff. He's not that player. He's in in this NBA, he's not worth that money. Um so I'm just not really sure what he was thinking and I definitely think that losing Wes is going to be a big hit for this team. I think he was very, very important. You know, as Tyler mentioned, getting, really getting all of the tough defensive assignments. He was very important to this team and one that it would be really nice to get him back onto this team.
2: Yeah, I I agree. Um, Wes stepped up. He, he took a huge veteran leadership role for our team. Uh, I think everyone in Wisconsin loves him. I mean, Marquette boy, um, he worked, he scratched and clawed for everything that he, he earned in the NBA and he sure as hell earned all that stuff. So he's a great person and yeah, the three and D exactly what we need as, as our, um, fifth starter. Um, and uh, I, I wouldn't mind him kind of flipping with Robin. Now, something that I've been hearing is that they both declined and then they both might kind of flip contracts. So Wes takes the the mid-level exception worth a bit more. Um, and then Robin, granted, he would lose out on a bunch of money, but it, it could be possible that he signs uh, for a little bit longer of a contract, so maybe him wanting to stay on team uh, versus the Bucks trying to maybe rid themselves of that extra money in a trade, you know? So um, that could be a possibility for what Robin's thinking. Uh, but uh, as I mentioned before, who the hell knows what anyone's thinking nowadays? It's, it's just a wild time, but... Uh, with that we have one more option that's pretty significant and that's urson with the 7 million um, we will see what happens there. i honestly I think if that's picked up it's he's gonna be traded right away there's no way the bucks can survive with that extra money. Uh, do you guys have any other thoughts on that?
1: No, I thought you are exactly right. I mean, it's kind of like one of those scenarios where if you pick it up, it's like, all right, on draft day, where's Zerzano Eliasova going? Like, that kind of situation, similar to, like, how we got rid of Tony Snell's contract a couple years ago. Um, So, yeah, I agree. That's the first thing that comes to my mind. And now that we're, like, talking about, like, all these options and everyone being declined, like, it's just kind of sad. Like, this has a completely different feel from, like, the last off season where it was like everyone wanted to come take the veterans minimum and ring chase with Milwaukee. And now this year it's like guys want more money. All the brewers or the, excuse me, the bucks need to trade the, all these players away. And it, it, it just feels it's crazy how much in one year, like granted a crazy year at that's that the, just the vibe has completely changed. I think revolving around all of this.
2: Right. And, and sorry, before you go Trevor, it, it was almost a exact repeat of the year before except we got bounced out of the playoffs one round early to again to the team that ended up making it to the finals so yeah it's tough it is a shitty feeling compared to last year
0: yeah it sure is um bouncing back to ursan now i have a question for you scott and i don't know if you know the answer to this but i thought um i'm i NBA teams could only have one mid level exception, right? So if they get yeah. rid of Ursan, they would be able to sign, say, a Wesley Matthews or someone like that to that mid level exception if we get rid of him, correct?
2: Um, yes, but Ursan's was not, um, like, that was Robin's contract, I believe. Okay. I I know there's
0: a few different types of mid-level exceptions and you can only use like a certain one every other year. And uh, there's just way too much salary cap stuff that I just don't know about. Um, But just strictly in terms of money, you know, like you guys said, you you have to get rid of him. Seven million, you need to be spending that money elsewhere. You know, Ursan's a fine player. I love Urson, but I just, I don't know that keeping that $7 million on the books is going to help in the grand scheme of things is keeping Giannis here. And I don't know, I feel like you can use that $7 million better to prove to Giannis that you need to stay in Milwaukee.
2: Right. And so so the Bucs can guarantee his contract. I Obviously, we don't see that happening unless, like, That's the only way a trade could get worked out, and with with the state of the Bucks contracts, might have to you might have to pick it up to just to make a trade work. Because I know we're trying to get rid of Bledsoe, but at his 16 million a year, you're not really gonna get much of an upgrade um, of at an equal contract level, so you kind of have to bump it up to that like 23 million range. Um, so I, it's dicey. Like, like we've said before, we we trust John Horst. We know he's like a salary cap guru. Um, some people might be questioning now, qu- given the pickle we're in, but we will see. We will definitely see we're going to have to hold our breath and, and trust that there's a plan. But why don't we look more towards the future NBA players? So as I mentioned before, there have been tons of different names linked to the Bucks and the NBA draft. And again, I'm going to reiterate, the Bucks are probably going to get rid of this pick which sucks because when we do have such cap issues, you want you want all, some of these rookie deals towards the end of the draft, picking some players that could have some high upside, and there are some players at the end of the first round that that could be boomer bust players. Um, so it it hurts to see them probably getting rid of that tra- that pick, but it's likely to happen. So uh, I'm just going to name a few. I'm probably missing a ton of them. These are guys that kind of stood out to me, and I know that I'm going to butcher at least two or three of these names, so (laughs) um, bear with me. (laughs) Uh, First player, um, RJ Hampton, is a kind of a point guard slash shooting guard from New Zealand. Um, He's his biggest knock on him is he's not a proven shooter yet. He's he's very good with the ball in his hands. He's a solid defender. He's got the size. He's smart. Um, so he could be a good floor general for a team. Uh, next is, all right, shit. Alexey Pukasevsky. That's on it. Poku. Perfect. Poku. Alexi Pokemon, uh, center, <laughs> center from Spain. He's a seven-footer, 18 years old. He's, uh, he's got a solid shooting stroke, uh, big-time potential guy, Just probably not going to fall to 24, but I have seen him drop that low. Um, his big knock is that he's rail thin, so he's seven-foot, 200 pounds. Who does that remind you of? (sighs) Me.
0: (laughs) I was going to say one Giannis Antetokounmpo.
2: (laughs) Sure. Okay. Maybe he (laughs) grows a few extra inches after. (laughs) Maybe he could be a mix of uh, Giannis and Luca, seeing as he's played for Spain. There we go. (laughs) I'm okay with that. (laughs) Uh, Next is Jalen Smith. Center for Maryland. Um, he's a he's a little bit undersized for a center. He's 20 years old. Um, he's added a three point shot to his game. He was mostly a, a rebounder, defensive big, but this past year he's kind of shown flashes of three point shooting. Um, so there's some solid upside there. Next is Cole Anthony. Um, Son of an NBA player. Uh, a pretty good NBA player. Uh, North Carolina point guard, 6'3". He's 20. Again, kind of... He was really highly touted out of high school. Kind of fell off at, in college. Never really proved all his skill and all that. So uh, his draft stock has definitely fallen over the last couple years. Um Here's another one I'm going to butcher. Theo Maladon. I think. If not, I made him sound like a dinosaur. Um, <laughs> he's a he's a point guard from France. Another European guy. Uh, 6'4", 19 years old. They're saying he's not really NBA-ready quite yet, so this might be a guy who either is a Euro stash or... He, maybe he sits on the bench or in the G League for a year or two. Um, and then next, Jaden McDaniels is a small forward out of Washington. Amazing size, uh, 6'10", built like a brick house. He's 20 years old. The only real knock that I could find about this guy is questions about his motor. And if he's going to give 100% the whole time he's out there, um, I don't know. We'll touch on that more after I get through these guys. Um, Josh Green, shooting guard from Arizona, 6'6", 19, uber-athletic, great defensive player, is not very polished on the offensive end, but um, he's still really young, so things can change. Desmond Bain. Uh, one of the older guys in the draft. He's 22 from TCU. He's a guard, 6'6", great three-point shooter, uh, solid defender, good leader. Uh, lots of people think he's going to fall just due to his age. Um, Trey, jo- Trey Jones, who I know that um, at least Trevor's been a fan of him for a while. Point guard out of Duke. He's 20 now. Uh, He's a really good game manager, great with the ball in his hands, good decision-maker. He's got solid defense, again, shooting, uh, can be questionable. Um, Finally, uh, maybe a dark horse is Daniel Oturo out of Minnesota. He's a center, about seven feet. He's he's got a decent shooting stroke, good defender, solid rebounder. pretty good motor on him so so those are guys that i know i really saw stand out to me in a lot of these mock drafts and a lot of other news coming into the draft are there any other names that i missed
0: um so i do have one and now generally in this draft if if the bucks are actually going to take someone i i am thinking more of along the lines of a Desmond Bain you know a guy that's a little bit more proven hopefully NBA ready you know reminds me more of that Malcolm Brogdon type pick you know a guy that's a little bit more aged mature and can in his NBA ready year one can step out on the court and make an impact um, but one guy that's you did not mention that I don't even know if I know how to say his first name um, I'm just gonna say Jameis Jameis Ramsey um, from Texas Tech you know he's a freshman but he's got some interesting um, stats and things that definitely make him a little bit interesting to me you know from the field 44% he is a guard Um, 42.6% from three you know, the only the big thing that's concerning is his free throw percentage is pretty bad at sixty-four percent. He didn't really shoot a ton of them either. Averaged fifteen points a game, averaged over a steal a game, um, and two turnovers per game. So I I just thought he his stats looked really nice. I will will not lie and say I've watched him play basketball because mm-hmm. I haven't. Um, but I I like that shooter type Um, and if there is going to be a guy that you take a chance on, I feel like a guy that can shoot the ball, um, rather than, like I said, that Desmond Bain, I think would be my preference. Um, but for a guy, if you're going to take a chance on maybe a higher upside type of pick, this could be a guy who does have that shooting stroke. Like I said, 42.6% from three. Um, that would definitely be one in my opinion that you could take a little bit of a chance on.
1: That's yeah. interesting that you brought that up, Trevor, because uh, it feels like you, you're going – the guy you're comparing is, a, what, a freshman in college now, and Desmond was a, a senior. So it, it's kind of like contrasting there. <laughs> Do you, you? I know you say you want – or he has a higher upside, but in the, kind of like this window that the Bucks are in right now, you want the plug-and-play players, like, guaranteed. And I, I think Desmond Bain is really that guy – it's like he's started handling the ball in the pick and roll a lot more last year, up to 22% as compared to 5% his junior year, according to this article I'm reading. And in those pick and roll situations, he was in the 85th percentile just in overall effectiveness. You combine that with 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six wingspan, I mean, th- that just sounds like a dream, and it would be awesome if he fell like it kind of said Scott was, so I, I would prefer to go with, we're going to call it the veteran from out of the college realm whereas coming and taking a freshman. Gosh, Tyler,
0: oh my God, since you've recorded with us, he still doesn't fucking listen to anything. I said I would prefer Desmond Bain, but <laughs> if you're going to have a guy that you're going to take a chance on as a more higher upside type of play, this would be a guy. So, jeez guy yes yeah, but
1: I don't like your guy <laughs> oh, oh my gosh uh,
2: yeah I so so everything that I've been hearing Desmond Bain started pretty low in the draft and I, he's he's kind of shooting up the board so he might be someone who goes in the late teens or something like that too um, honestly when I'm looking at him the uh, the only thing that I can see that's really an issue is his is his age compared to everyone else. Um, So I think that'd be great. Honestly, I'm I'm not really for the whole, I need to draft a guy that we can plug in right away. Because I don't know if we have that this low in the draft. Maybe Desmond Bain can be that guy. But uh, otherwise, like, in my opinion, I think we need to be a little bit more cautious in this draft if we keep it, and I'd like to see someone with more of a high potential, so I wouldn't mind see, seeing someone like Jaden McDaniels, so get someone in who's got all the physical tools in the world, he's got pretty good skills, and if his motor's a question, make Giannis be his like team dad. like make you know like uh, in college like that's his that's his roommate that's his upperclassman buddy you know like have him light a fire under him at least for this year <laughs> uh, knock on wood and uh I would like to see something like that um there are a few guys in here that I'd be cool with uh, I like Jaden McDaniels I like Josh Green a lot uh, shooting guard from Arizona uh, Desmond Bain, as we mentioned, mentioned honestly one of the one of the guys who's kind of low in the draft that I really like and have liked for a while is Daniel Oturo, um, out of Minnesota. He's a big dude who can shoot. Uh, he's I I'm gonna punch myself for saying this, but he almost reminds me of Thon Maker, but more capable of. Becoming an NBA player, does that make sense?
0: So, you know, it has potential,
2: but it's not boomer bust. Uh, yeah, I think he's got. I think he's got a, a higher floor sure. than Thon does. Okay. Um. And uh, honestly, like your odds of getting someone. That's gonna contribute right away. This lower, not great, but it's possible. I mean, look at Toronto. A lot of the guys that they got that with our draft picks, <laughs> um, Norman Powell, who scorches us every fucking time we play him. Um, but yeah, I, I'm totally cool with trading this year's pick. I'd like to see someone who can sit on the end of the bench and develop uh, just in case somebody ends up leaving. Uh, it'd be <laughs> nice to have a decent building block, you know, something to look forward to. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. I I do have one more guy. You mentioned him um, kind of in your rundown, Scott. And it's, as I'm looking at stats again, have not watched these players. But as I'm looking at stats, kind of is close to your guy, um, Arturo, right? He's Jalen Smith. Yeah. I'm I'm looking at some of the stats, you know, as career shooters from three. uh, Jalen Smith is about 32 and then 37 for Daniel. Um, And then if you look at player efficiency rating, and win shares they're actually pretty close in the highest of this group that we're talking about for both of those um you know 30.7 for per for arturo and then win shares of 5.9 jalen smith very close 29.3 for player efficiency rating and six for win shares um so i i like those kind of more advanced metrics too to kind of picture in you know how the player actually plays player efficiency rating something that you see in the nba all the time and then win shares is just it's an estimate from uh sports reference here of how many wins that player contributed with their offense or defense so that player alone those two players got their team six extra wins on the year so definitely impactful players in college um, and ones that I feel like do have some potential, but, you know, maybe with decent three point shooting and some good size, maybe they can contribute in year one as well.
2: Yeah. Um, let me ask you guys this. Do you think that they're? do you think that it has to be best player available or do you think that they might key in on a certain position or something? Um,
0: I would venture to guess probably best player available, but also I don't think, you know, if they're going to keep this pick and John Horst say someone falls, you know, maybe it's not even someone we're talking about here. Someone falls that has all the potential in the world, but isn't ready till the year two or three. I, as a team builder, yeah, you want to keep Giannis around, but also, there's a possibility that even if you draft a player that is going to be a good rookie who is still not going to be your number two that you need anyways. Right. So to me at 24, if there's a guy that falls and he's the best player available, you, you kind of take him. And to me, I would like to someone to step in like that Malcolm role. Desmond Bain again is that guy. I think Um, But if he's not there or, you know, someone falls with higher potential, I don't think you just don't take a player because you're trying to impress Giannis and all of those types of things. If the player is there that is you can't pass on, you kind of got to take them and hope that you can work out trades other ways and, and try to get this team better in other ways rather than trading that pick. If there is someone like that on the board, because. With any draft in any professional sports league, you just never know what's going to happen.
1: Yeah, I agree, Trevor. And especially this year, like college basketball cut short and you you just weren't able to fully evaluate all these guys. So Lord knows what's going to happen this year's draft. And especially cause it's, you know, so much later than it was normally. And with basically everything happening in one week, what you do on draft day might have like instant ramifications for what you choose to do with your team. So I don't know. I feel like at this point you just kind of go with best available. Like you were saying.
2: Fair enough. Fair enough. It's hard to argue with that. Um, so let's let's move on um, if my computer would like to cooperate, I'd be able to do that. There we go. look at that. All right, so before we kind of wrap up the draft talk, is there anybody are you guys willing to make a, a prediction on either if they keep the pick? um who they draft or if they decide to get rid of the pick maybe what that pick goes towards like any trade thoughts
1: oh, oh. boy <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's tough i mean apparently everyone's available right now
1: oh uh, everyone is and it's so tough like because all the trades that i see like it feels like they're all for, like, one-year players. Why? Because everyone wants some sort of trade where Bledsoe leaves so we can get rid of his salary and, oh, let's bring in Patty Mills. Okay, he'd be here for one year. But then after that, it's like, well, shit, now you're out of a point guard if he doesn't stay. Uh, so I feel like the Bucks likely don't keep it. It just has that vibe to it. But there's just a million different ways they could go with this. I I, I could even see it being as something like insignificant of just getting out of this year's draft with all the unknowns and maybe they just kind of look towards next year's draft and think think there's more value going that route. So I don't know. I, all I know is I don't feel confident in them keeping it.
0: Yeah, I I would probably lean towards they're not going to keep it. If they do not keep it and they're trading it for someone, um, this has been a guy that I was talking to Scott before Tyler got on and before we started recording, is a guy that I would love to have and a guy that I constantly see linked to the Bucks, and that's Robert Covington. You know, it's a guy that you'd get him for 2021 and 20 or 2020 and 2021 season, and then the 2021-2022 season as well. Um, so you'd have him for two years. You can still sign him after that. After that, it would be you know, his 31-age season, so he's still got time left um, after that contract's up that if you did want to resign him to a couple of years, I feel like he would still be a good player at that time. If they do um, keep the pick, I will just go in the order of what I would prefer them make the pick in. I'd go Desmond Bain 1, Jalen Smith 2. Your guy, Scott, Daniel, Arturo, and then Jade McDaniels and that Jameis Ramsey as my last one, in that order.
2: Okay. Okay. That sounds good. I I would love it to be part of a trade package for Drew Holiday. I think yeah. i always loved Drew Holiday. Of all the names that have been brought up as available players this offseason, he's by far my favorite. Uh, I I just love his game. I think it would fit perfect on the Bucks. Plus he's, he's a good person, not a douche. So that would be nice. Um so let me read you um, a quick tweet from Bobby Marks it says including the 7 million non-guaranteed contract of Ersan Silva, Milwaukee is right at 123 million in salary. With 11 players on the roster, so the luxury tax is 132.7 million. Hard cap is 138.9 million. So Bucks right now have 9.3 million dollars in mid-level exception. So that's it's decent amount of money to play with. Gotta spend it very wisely, especially if we have 11 players right now. Get rid of Urson. That's down to 10 um so losing a losing a rookie contract too kind of hurts um but plenty of players out there man there's plenty of options if the bucks pull the trigger or they can get those guys is still is still uh in question but now i got two last things that i want to bring up and they're going to be very quick first one Bledsoe, Middleton, first-round pick for James Harden, yes or no? <laughs> well, you just brought up a
0: great guy, and then you bring up a douche?
2: <laughs> I have a feeling Drew is not going to come to the Bucks. He's going to go somewhere else that can offer better.
1: Yeah, but I don't want to see Harden flopping around for 82 games out of the well, year. That's just then, disappointing. Then just... Then say no. It's <laughs> a yes or no question. No, because I will veto it. I don't care what John Horse says.
0: <laughs> okay. Um, I would say, even though I do not like James Harden, I would say hell yeah. Because you bring James Harden on board, I think that tells Giannis, okay, we're going to go do this. Me and James are about to – we're not going to have many other people to carry, but we're going to carry everyone else on our back to an right. NBA championship.
1: That's... Is Giannis gonna defend Harden's hard, Defend for Harden too, or how's that gonna work? <laughs> well, yeah, nope.
2: he wants to win MVP again.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, yeah, that usage per- percentage between the two of them would be like ninety-nine percent. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and and that's and that's just where you have to have all of the shooters on board, <laughs> and they they literally just stand there and do nothing, like. Yeah. In that trade scenario, George Hill's still on the team. He doesn't touch the ball unless James or Giannis says, okay, you can shoot now.
2: Yep, yep. (laughs) All right, and then the last one, the one that everyone's thinking of on everybody's mind. I don't need a huge explanation, but does Giannis sign an extension with the Bucs before the season begins?
1: Before the season, no.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that. Before the season seems highly unlikely because he's made it clear that he wants to see them make moves in order to sign that. So before the season, I would say not, unless you see some crazy trade like we just talked about.
2: Yeah, I, I'm i on board too. I, honestly, if I were in his shoes, why why would I? Um, that's and You're just... Getting rid of all your options right away. Granted, it would show everybody that you're committed and that you, um, to ease everyone else's minds. But if that were me, no way in hell am I signing that. Uh, I could, I could have a hundred percent positivity that I'm going to sign with the team long term, but I'd still push it off. Then you give your team more flexibility, honestly, in the long run, you would. And uh, yeah, yeah. So that's three. No way in hell he signs before the season starts. Mm. So with that being said, it's gonna be a long, gut wrenching season as a Bucks fan. That's for sure. That is for sure. But. We got some things to look forward to this week. Hopefully they can pull off a good move. It's been a while since the Bucks have pulled the trigger to bring in a big-name player. Honestly, Bledsoe is like the last big-name player we traded for, really. That was still in their prime. Uh, so it'd be cool to see another star come to the Bucs. Um, yeah. One more star in Giannis. Bucks are going to be good so my last bit of advice for you Bucks fan is relax it's like we were saying earlier it's not that much different from last year's offseason yes Giannis is saying that he wants to be competitive and win he's felt that every year and the Bucks have shown that they'll be competitive just got to be able to push through that and a lot of a lot of that hinges on Giannis. Um, his improvement as like a as a clutch game uh, game time player shows up in this in the playoffs. So we're gonna have to wait till the playoffs to find out. But thank you, boys. I'm glad we got to do this podcast. We're gonna do another one later this week to recap what happens on draft night. Hopefully, we'll be welcoming our new superstar to the team, whoever that may be. But until then, you boys be safe. Everyone, cover your mouths. Um, Don't pick your nose too much. And we'll talk to you later. We love you, Jan. Achoo!